and welcome to Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. I am Greg Matzik sitting in for Matt Pauley, who is on assignment. Happy to talk some Brewers baseball over the next hour. We will hear from Lane Grindle, Brewers play-by-play man, coming up at 8.15. Lane is on the ground and in Arizona. Spent the last couple of days with the Brewers as they get ready for Cactus League game number one and two. They're both happening tomorrow as the Brewers will split the squads and host the Cubs at Maryvale. They'll also send a team out to Scottsdale to face the San Francisco Giants. If you'd like to get in touch with us on the program, phone lines are always open at 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll also play back some of my comments, uh, some of the comments from Brewers, former Brewers GM Doug Melvin, who we had on the Sports Central program a little bit earlier tonight. And what are the Brewers' odds of landing Jake Arrieta? We'll get into that at 8.33. I want to start with the foundation of the Milwaukee Brewers. Not necessarily the current roster, but there is a new prospect list out for the Milwaukee Brewers. This was revealed by Major League Baseball, MLB.com, earlier today. So the Brewers, as you might expect, have a little shakeup here in their top 30 prospect list. With Lewis Brinson traded to the Marlins, there is a new top prospect in the Brewers organization. And as I look at the top 30... I'm trying to figure out, we'll ask Lane about this as well. He's plugged in to the prospects. Try and figure out who realistically could crack the Milwaukee Brewers' rotation or lineup at some point this season. And a variety of guys hop into that position last year, including Brett Phillips. We saw a little bit of Lewis Brinson last year. And that was fun to watch. A couple years ago, we were all wondering when Orlando Arcia would crack into the everyday lineup, and he did last year, and uh, certainly going to build on a solid season from a year ago. There is a new number one, and his name is Keston Hira. Keston Hira was the Brewers' most recent top draft pick, and he has quickly accelerated in the Brewers' system. Now, he's a little bit older, right? He was not taken out of high school. College player, thought to have had the best bat coming out of college the year the Brewers selected him. And he's a second baseman. So he spent his season kind of split. Uh, There was rookie ball, and then he also made his way to Class A, where he played with the uh, Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Uh, All he did at rookie ball was hit 435, and all he did with the Timber Rattlers was hit 333. Not a bad first season in the the, uh, major leagues. Well, not major leagues, but in a major league system. Developing your way through the minor leagues, he hit 371. Okay, feet are wet, time to move on from there. He is projected to hop into the major leagues in 2019. So don't look for Keston Hira to make a splash with the Brewers this season. The number two prospect on the list is Corbin Burns. I do expect that at some point this season, Corbin Burns is going to make a start for the Milwaukee Brewers. At some point. Look, the Brewers used 13 starting pitchers a year ago. If you're going to line up the 13 best pitchers in the Brewers organization right now, Corbin Burns is likely going to be in there somewhere. But he's young, 23 years old, played last season, uh, had some time with the Biloxi Shuckers in A, posted a 2.10 ERA in 16 starts, and was completely dominant in Carolina in the uh, advanced A-ball, 5-0 and with a 1.05 ERA. He is for real. And we heard from Doug Melvin earlier tonight. He believes that a guy like Corbin Burns, you shouldn't feel bad about giving him the ball 
in a real-life game situation this season. Other names in the top ten. Brandon Woodruff, we're going to see him this season. Lucas Erseg, very possible. He was a high draft pick a couple of years ago. Third baseman, going to play at the AAA level where he had just ten games last year. He totally bypassed AA because of his bat. And this guy was an interesting bat to watch in spring training a year ago. Other guys, Luis Ortiz, right-handed pitcher, Brett Phillips, Corey Ray, Trent Grisham, who's an outfielder, and Tristan Lutz. So you've got four outfielders, Phillips, Ray, Grisham, and Lutz, all at different levels, with Corey Ray being maybe the best out of the whole group. He might project to be the best out of the whole group, but again, his ETA is 2019. So there are some guys in here. Mauricio Dubon is a guy that you'll see in spring training, a second baseman and shortstop, middle infielder, Adrian Hauser, one of the pitchers acquired in that Carlos Gomez-Mike Fires trade, has battled some injury issues, but is finally back and healthy. You might see him in a Brewers uniform at some point this season. Look, it's interesting. It's interesting to read the strengths and projected weaknesses of these players when they project to be in the major leagues and what they've done at the minor league level so far. But there is a new number one. It's no longer Orlando Arcia. It's no longer Lewis Brinson. It's now Keston Hero. I'm going to ask Lane Grindle a little bit more about Prospect Watch 2018 here and who might crack the Brewers' rotation or lineup at some point this season. Lane Grindle is going to join us coming up next year on Brewers Weekly. He's in Arizona with the team. We'll hear from him next on WTMJ. Ah, the sound of Bob Euchre back on the radio. It'll happen on Saturday. Check out the Brewers' entire spring training schedule. It is in the Brewers section of WTMJ.com, or if you'd like, just text the word BREWERS to 414-799-1620. There you go. We'll get you a link to the schedule. Keep it on your phone. Access it whenever you would like. Yes, it is. Brewers baseball starts tomorrow from Maryvale, where the Brewers will take on the Chicago Cubs. A team will also head out to Scottsdale to face the San Francisco Giants. So off and running uh, just hours from now with Brewers Cactus League Baseball. Joining us on the line right now from Arizona with the team for the last couple of days, Lane Grindle joining us on Brewers Weekly. Hey, Lane. Hey, Greg. How are you, man? Good to be with you. Yeah, I'm doing well. I, you know, I, I always talk about spring training being you know, this, this party that you're not really invited to. So I try and talk to people who have been invited to the party. I know there's some cool <laughs> things going on. I just can't really see it or taste it or feel it. And that's why we have people like you on the air with us. <laughs> I'm glad that I get to be the guy that provides that for you. It's, <laughs> right. a, it's a good perk to the job, right? Yeah, a little color commentary from your first couple of days. I know you've been down there for uh, a few days this week already. I know the mood is exciting, and, and does it have a different feel to you than it did maybe a year ago? Uh, I think it does. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I don't know that it's a significant difference in terms of, you know, when you're walking around the clubhouse, it's that same positive, upbeat, kind of youthful energy that the the team had a year ago. But I think when you walk around the complex, when you're watching them work out right now, when you talk to different people associated with uh, the the club as well there's just this there's this excitement there's this this level of expectation now and it's fun to be at this point where you're going into the season saying hey this team's got a real shot and you can sense that and that's a little bit different maybe than the last two years i would say last year in spring training there was some some pretty good optimism maybe more so than there was from the media side of things. But if you were around the front office and 
around the coaching staff, there was a feeling that this team had a chance to surprise people. And, of course, we know now that they did. And I think there's that that same kind of core energy, but there's now there's the level of, okay, that was fun. Let's take this to the next level. And, uh, you know, that remains to be seen if this team's going to be able to do that. But there, there's some, some exciting pieces to this team, and we've had a chance to see them on the field over the last couple of days working out, and they looked apart. This, this looks like a really good position player group. Well, and it's it's deep, right? I think the Brewers had maybe the highest floor out of the teams that were in contention a year ago. Not littered with superstars, but they had depth. They could be covered in almost any position here if somebody went down. They proved it time and time again. It still leaves a bit of a surplus here in the outfield lane. And I, I don't think Ryan Braun's taking ground brawls at first base is just a little experiment. Listening to Craig Council talk, it seems like left field or first base for Braun, and, and that's going to be about it for him. I'll tell you, Greg, I, I had a chance to watch Ryan taking ground balls today, and it, there was another field behind us, and the outfielders were over there. Ryan Braun was with the infielders. Now, I, you know, that, that's how I think what you would expect for it to be right now. He doesn't need the work in left field right now. He's got plenty of time to get himself ready to play some left field. So if this first base thing is going to work, you're going to put him there right now, get him tons of reps, and see how he responds to it. Uh, so I had a chance to watch him field some ground balls at first. It, it wasn't overly challenging stuff. It was pretty typical infield type of work, but uh, he looked fine. He, he looked like a guy that was trying to get himself comfortable a little bit, but he looked like a guy that was more than capable of handling it at the same time. So I think it's exciting to see Ryan Braun get some reps at first base. Again, the more you can have versatility throughout your lineup, the easier it's going to be for Craig Council to play the matchups every single day and to get the right bats in the lineup. And so I think that's been something the Brewers have valued over the last couple of years and clearly continuing to value that. You're right, though. This is it's a really deep team position player-wise. You look at the outfield, and there is just one guy after another um, out there shagging balls today with Ed Cedar. And it's like, boy, that, there's a bunch of guys that would start um, around Major League Baseball that are battling for at-bats right now with this team. And that's a good problem to have. I mean, it puts you in a great spot where, one, um, you, you figure you're not going to get through a season. You lo- you'd love to get through 162 healthy, but that's probably not going to happen. So it gives you some coverage from that standpoint. also gives you the depth and the position of strength that if you want to make a move at some point in spring training or at some point during the regular season, you'll have the ability to, to cover, you know, moving some guys around. So, I think this team has been constructed in a really good way, and I think they've positioned themselves to be very successful and to try to add to this team at some point down the road if they need to. Lane Grindle joining us on Sports Central, presented by Miller Light. Lane is with the Brewers in Arizona. Cactus League opener set for Friday afternoon. If the Braun thing at first base it just becomes a bit of a disaster, it just doesn't look right, it's, it's him in the infield just kind of clash, what happens to his at-bats? Uh, Christian Yelich is going to be the primary left fielder. You would think so. Now, he could play some right field, but Domingo Santana is there too. Um, so I, I don't know that anybody really knows the answer to that, and I don't think that's just lip service. Uh, I was with David Stearns a little bit today watching guys, and then Craig Councils talked about it a little bit. It's, it's just not the time yet to make that determination. I mean, you want to have some sort of a plan in the back of your mind, and my guess is that Craig Council and David Stearns have talked about that, but I don't know that they're going to really advertise that yet or at least tell everybody else what that plan is because 
they don't know that it's even going to come to fruition yet. So I think they're going to let the next couple of weeks play out and figure out how they're going to manage that. I mean, Ryan Braun's going to be a big part of your outfield one way or another. You know, do you move? Do you, do you, do you have? He actually hasn't played right field, but they talked about that the other day that he could play some more right field. Um, it, it, I, boy, it's a good problem to have right now, but it is one that you can kind of tie yourself in knots over when you start really breaking it down. Should everybody be healthy and ready to go on opening day? How do you manage the outfield situation? Usually it takes care of itself. If it doesn't, the negative of that, Greg, is that you have a really good player on your bench. That's not a bad thing from a team perspective. Hey, Lane, if you can hang on the line for a second, there's a new Brewers Top 30 prospect list out. I know you'll always have a great pulse on the prospects. I want to ask you who could we see in a Brewers uniform this season. More with Lane Grindle after this on Brewers Weekly. Brewers Weekly continues on WTMJ. Greg Matzikin for Matt Pauly. Matt is on assignment. Uh, I believe I'm in next week, as a matter of fact, from the Auto Show. We'll be doing our shows from the Auto Show on Monday and Thursday of next week, and we'll have a lot of Brewers baseball to talk about. Will we be talking about a new arm, a new pitcher? What are the odds of Brewers land Jake Arrieta? We'll get into that coming up about 8.35 tonight. Back with Lane Grindle, Brewers play-by-play man who is with the team in Arizona and uh, first broadcast of Brewers baseball this spring will be on Saturday afternoon. Make sure to check that out. Cactus League opener set for tomorrow against the Cubs and the Giants. And, Lane, there's a new Brewers top 30 prospect list out. I just saw it today uh, put out by MLB.com, and we have a a new guy at the top, Keston Hira, recent top draft pick by the Brewers. I don't imagine we'll see him this season in a Brewers uniform, but, hey, who is on track? Who looks like they could be ready to crack the major league level from this prospect list? I actually wrote a blog about this today. I think there's anywhere from seven to ten guys on that top 30 list that have a shot to impact the big league club this year. That's really a, a high number. You don't see that very often. But, you know, you start with guys like Brandon Woodruff, who's on there. We know he's going to impact it. I think Corbin Burns is going to have a shot at some point with the Brewers this year. Should he stay healthy, he's going to get some opportunities on the mound. And then you go down the list, guys like Freddie Peralta. Craig Council talked about him yesterday, that he thinks Freddie Peralta is going to have a chance to help this team before the season's all said and done. So there's a bunch of names on there. Adrian Hauser is another one that we certainly think is going to get some opportunities with the Brewers this year. Mauricio Dubon probably at some point gets a shot in a Brewer uniform. So there's a bunch of guys on that list. It's going to be really fun to see. I think from an arm standpoint, the two guys I'm the most intrigued by are Burns. He's the number two prospect on that list overall for the Brewers. And the other guy is Freddie Peralta, who is at 10. And for me, at 10, that's way too low. I think he's one of the Brewers' top five prospects right now. I really like this kid. He's got big-time stuff. He gets strikeouts at a high number, which is a premium, of course. I just think Freddie Peralta's got a chance to be a really good pitcher for the Brewers down the road. You know, I've never heard a manager or a general manager say, you know what, we've just got way too much pitching. So, And as we looked <laughs> last year, the Brewers used 13 different starters. I mean, it was quite the outgetting staff last year. So you know you, you, every year you're going to go pretty deep into your roster to pull a guy in to start a given game. I, would, you, are you, would you be surprised, Lane, if the Brewers didn't find a way to fortify the rotation or the outgetting staff, as Craig Council might put it, before the season begins? I, I, think, I, I think I'll be somewhat surprised if there's not another move. Um, I don't think it's a given. I, I think that David Stearns and his front office are 
I think they mean it when they say they're comfortable with this group and they don't want to be the club that maybe overextends themselves just to make a move. They want to make sure if they make a move that it makes sense, that it's a, a needle mover, as they said late last week. And, and I would agree with that. I, th- I think there's a great chance that they do make a move because there's so many potential pieces out there. And so my guess is one of those are going to present themselves to the Brewers before opening day. But it might not, and I think they're comfortable going in with this group, giving this group a chance to compete, and if they need to add to it later closer to the deadline, they're comfortable with doing that too. Yeah, this will be interesting. So that's what GMs probably lose sleep over, right? I mean, if you're looking in the free agent world, you give up money and you give up maybe a draft pick, right? But all of a sudden you get to the trade deadline and – Maybe that starting pitcher becomes a little more expensive. We saw what Jose Quintana and Sonny Gray fetched last year, and Quintana's yeah. the number four for the Cubs, for goodness sake. So I, I, this is what GMs have to weigh, right? And it's not an easy decision when to make that move. And, and, and I think the other thing you're conflicted with if you're in the front office is if you make a trade for a guy, typically you're going to get um, – if you're going to make a big trade, you're going to probably want three, four years of control. The, the rentals aren't – there as often anymore. I mean, every once in a while, you'll go, you know, the Royals rented Johnny Cueto in 2015, but for the most part, deals that are made now are made for controllable guys because the team trading that guy away can ask for more prospects in return, and the team acquiring is going to get those years control, and they get a little bit more of a window out of it. But with that, you're going to usually get maybe, especially with pitchers, you're going to get a little younger arm, and I think that's why a lot of teams have chosen to add to their rotations through trades versus free agency because by the time a pitcher comes available in free agency, you're maybe going to get a couple years of their prime, and then you're paying for their decline on the back end of most of those deals. And I think that's part of the reason why the, the market from a starting pitching standpoint has been very slow to move this offseason because I think a lot of teams are looking at it and saying, well, okay, but what are years four, five, and six of the – six years you're asking from us going to look like from your client. And I think that's why there's been a little bit of a staring match there. Lane, as you look at the roster, it, it, there's always a little bit of turnover. Have the Brewers found suitable replacements or perhaps even a better replacement for a player loss? For example, Anthony Swarzak is out. Jared Hughes had a pretty good year last year, mm-hmm. is out. Are, are there suitable replacements in your mind for the players who were lost? Well, if Matt Albers can repeat what he did last year, the answer is yes. Um, Matt Albers probably slots somewhere in, in, in the back part of the Brewers' uh, bullpen. I think, I think right now what you're going to see is, of course, Corey Knebel close games. We all know that. I had a chance to watch his bullpen today, and he looks really good. I mean, he looks like he is back on a mission to be even better in 2018. But then you've got Josh Hader. And then I think the other thing that the Brewers are counting on is Jacob Barnes taking that next step. He showed flashes of it last year. He really kind of had the year Corey Knable had two years ago. Now you're hoping Jacob Barnes can take that step forward like Corey Knable did last year, and then all of a sudden that could be a really dynamic trio at the back of your bullpen. So I think that's what the Brewers would love to see happen. Matt Albers is there as a little bit of an insurance policy in that back part of the bullpen, too. He can kind of fit that that Jared Hughes role, so to speak. Maybe he slots into the Anthony Swarzak role a little bit, especially at the beginning. But uh, I think if everything goes as the way the Brewers would want it, they'd like to see Jacob Barnes really step up and take one of those spots in the seventh or eighth inning, knowing that 
the usage of hater might be unique at times. You might ask him for five outs one day. You might ask him for one out another day just to come in and get a lefty. So that's going to be a little bit different than your typical eighth inning setup guy type of role, most likely with Josh Hader. So I like where the bullpen is at. Uh, I think they've got good pieces. They've got some intriguing guys like J.J. Hoover that are going to battle for spots at the back part of the – not at the back part of the bullpen, but more uh, for those last couple of spots in the bullpen. And Craig Council said today they're planning on carrying eight for the majority of the year in that bullpen. So uh, there's going to be – those will be some of the better battles here over the next couple of weeks are those last couple of spots in the Brewers' bullpen. Cactus League begins tomorrow for the Brewers, taking on the Cubs and the Giants. Lane Grindle with the team in Arizona. Always good to check in, Lane. Appreciate your time and definitely look forward to talking to you throughout the spring. Greg, it's always a pleasure, man. Good stuff. Lane Grindle joining us from Arizona. Coming up next, what are the odds the Brewers end up with Jake Arrieta? Interesting detailed story. We'll go through it after this on WTMJ. Welcome back. Everything's fine. Just a test. This is Brewers Weekly. I'm Greg Matzik on WTMJ, sitting in for Matt Pauley. 414-799-1620 if you'd like to join us here on the program. That is the Aconet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Got about 30 minutes or so left here in the show. Uh, you know, each passing day, I, I think, you know, some people are just kind of holding their breath. You know, when is the next free agent domino going to sign here in Major League Baseball? Get a little closer and a little closer to real games being played. Got about a month worth of the Cactus League. But, you know, in March, late March, the regular season begins. So each passing day, I'm expecting to see news here of somebody signing somewhere. And the next big free agent domino in terms of pitching is Jake Arrieta. And we know the Brewers have been linked to a variety of different free agent pitchers and even trade discussions as they look to fortify their staff. I do ultimately believe the Brewers are going to add to their staff before the regular season begins. I have never heard a GM say, you know what, we, we just have too much pitching. I have never heard a GM say that. And as I look at the Brewers staff and I stack it up against the Cubs, it doesn't stack up against the Cubs. It doesn't really stack up against the Cardinals, to be perfectly honest. Sure, I like what they've done with the lineup. Brewers were 10th in the National League and run scored a year ago, about 100 runs behind the Cubs. They made moves to strengthen the offense. Great. But we've seen this Brewers team in years past. Just think back to the mash-the-ball days of Prince Fielder and early days of Ryan Braun and Corey Hart and Ricky Weeks. That team went nowhere until they got pitching. So pitching is critical here. So you've had a couple of big free agent signings here. You had back-to-back signings of Eric Hosmer and J.D. Martinez. These are position players. Still pretty big money doled out for those two players. And still, former Cy Young Award winner Jake Arrieta is taking a while here, right? Taking a sweet time. Scott Boris is his agent, shopping for the best deal possible. Now a couple of weeks after Yu Darvish signed his six-year $126 million deal with the Cubs. So what are the most logical landing spots for Jake Arrieta? John Heyman is dialed in to Major League Baseball, writes for FanRag. You hear him all over the place, right? If news is being broke in Major League Baseball, John Heyman, Buster Olney, you know, those are the guys that are likely breaking it on a national scene. So uh, John Hammond is now putting odds <laughs> on where uh, Jake Arrieta is going to sign. And uh, the Brewers, believe it or not, ranked number two on his list. Four to one odds for what it's worth, according to Heyman, that Jake Arrieta will sign with the Brewers. Here's what they had to say. 
Milwaukee made a try for you, Darvish. They obviously need to acquire a top-flight starter. Their rotation without ace Jimmy Nelson to start the year leaves them short, short of the Cardinals and well short of the Cubs. Brewers have stepped out of their small market comfort zone and afforded or offered $100 million-plus contracts to at least a quartet of players, though most haven't accepted. Arietta might be disappointed it didn't work out with the Cubs, so perhaps staying in the division where he had all his success could be a lure. Four to one odds, second only to the Washington Nationals, who are given two to one odds, according to John Hammond. I, look, take it for what it's worth. But understand this, the Brewers are still in the mix. And I can appreciate David Stearns taking a sort of backburner approach and saying, well, you know, we're comfortable with what we have. And while they did admit to having an offer for you, Darvish, you know, maybe you just kind of take a step back and say, yeah, that's, that's fine, right? Maybe he, wasn't, maybe he wasn't our top guy, right? So there's always some posturing that goes on with this stuff. Ultimately, the Brewers need to determine what is what is the thing that will move the needle the furthest. But I think adding a starting pitcher is is the last piece of the puzzle here. Yeah, look, if the Brewers end up signing Neil Walker, great. Uh, it, it cannot hurt, I don't believe. It can only help. But that's not moving the needle. Uh, Neil Walker is probably not worth, you know, six wins. A guy like Jake Arrieta, a guy like Alex Cobb, could be at a cost. Thirteen different starting pitchers the Brewers used last year. I think they need to make a move, and I think they will. But each passing day that you get closer and closer to the season, I, you, the pressure mounts, right? I, you just, you, you're starting to feel it here. And it, it, Does it benefit the Brewers now that there are still so many free agents? Or are you getting to a point where now it's benefiting the actual player? Because the urgency really gets heightened. I don't know. Time will tell. I've never really seen an offseason quite like this in Major League Baseball. Coming up next, if you missed our conversation with former Brewers GM Doug Melvin, had some very interesting things to say. Story time with Doug is always entertaining. Not going to play that entire interview back for you, but some of the highlights here, as Doug Melvin will be honored by the Brewers this summer and be inducted into the Brewers' Wall of Honor. More after this on WTMJ, Brewers Weekly, presented by Miller Lite. Brewers Weekly continues on WTMJ. I'm Greg Matzik with you, sitting in for Matt Pauley. Had a chance to talk to former Brewers GM Doug Melvin on Sports Central earlier tonight. Doug, along with Prince Fielder and former GM Harry Dalton, will be honored in the Brewers' Wall of Honor. Former outfielder Jeff Jenkins will be enshrined in the Walk of Fame. Uh, separate ceremonies coming this summer. And uh, not going to replay the whole Doug Melvin interview, but I thought he had some very interesting things to say. First of all, he feels honored and blessed to be included with this uh, group of former players on the Wall of Honor. Yeah, it is. I feel uh, very honored, blessed uh, that I was given the opportunity to uh, be a general manager with the Milwaukee Brewers as long as I I did. And, uh, you know, Wendy Selig had uh, hired me originally and gave me a second chance. Uh, as a general manager, and I thank her, and I also thank Mark Atanasio, who inherited me. Not many times you get inherited by an ownership group that will uh, give you uh, the trust uh, to manage the, by our general manager ball club over that many years of time. But uh, And then you, you've got to have great uh, scouting, player development, trainers, front office people, and most importantly, good players, and we, we had all of those. So I'm very fortunate that, 
you know, to be honored for this. And also going in with uh, with people like Jeff Jenkins, Harry Dalton, and Prince Fielder, people that I all know very well. As for the state of Major League Baseball today, 100 or so free agents still looking for work. Uh, was it unique to Doug Melvin? I, I've asked him this uh, before, but uh, we reiterated the conversation or brought the conversation back tonight. Has he ever seen an offseason quite like this? Yeah, well, I think baseball season today, is it's like there's two seasons. There's the first half, and then you get into July, the trade deadline. You have opportunities to, to get other pitchers the same way that I got Sabathia, the same way the Yankees got Sonny Gray last year, Cubs Quintana. So, you, you know, you break it down into two seasons. And, you know, I know that the Brewers have a very talented ball club positional-wise, and I think pitching, um, you know, they, there is talent there. You look at Zach Davies, Chase Anderson had very good years. Uh, and there's always somebody, one or two pitchers that come out of nowhere that you're probably hoping, uh, you know, that would go out there and have big years for you and, and that. But, you know, like I said, even though you start the season, I always, I, I am, I know David, I know Mark and myself, we always say, Craig Council will say the same thing. We just, you never have enough pitching. And the other thing is you always live in fear of injuries. I, I always did anyway. That was my biggest fear. It was, it wasn't so much that, we went into seasons thinking we didn't have enough, but I know the 2011 season when he had Grinky and Markham, uh, you know, they're very talented at that time. And that, that year we had pretty good pitching and Randy Wolf on that particular staff and we had pretty good pitching that particular year, but you still always lived in fear of an injury if somebody went down. The year in 2008, uh, Giovanni Gallardo didn't pitch a game, didn't start a game all year until, uh, I think he started the first game of the year and then uh, the playoff game. He missed the entire year. Ben Sheets was injured during the year, so that was always my biggest fear of pitching. I always thought that you might, you might have enough. You would re, regroup in uh, July, but the biggest fear was that you can't, couldn't afford injuries to, to quality pitchers. But the system here has some pretty good pitchers: Brandon Woodruff, uh, Corbin Burns, two guys that are are very close, and you can't be afraid to give them the ball and, and start a big league ball game. Yeah. Doug Melvin was not shy about making big-time moves to help fortify the Brewers' roster. And, uh, you know, in some cases those moves were made in the offseason, and in other cases they were made during the season, as was the acquiring of C.C. Sabathia. And that was not an easy thing to pull off, right? I mean, it was Sabathia, it was it's kind of a rental situation, a lot of prospects involved. Uh, asked Doug to reflect on the time when C.C. Sabathia was brought to Milwaukee. Well, when you make trades, you have to. The, one of the most important things is the evaluation of your own players, and uh, you see them more. You have interaction with them all. So, um, you know, Jack Jurinzik was a scouting director at that time, and I asked Jack about Matt Laporta. Would he be upset if we traded him? He had just taken him in the first round that previous summer, and and uh, then Zach Manassian, who was my pro scouting director, he had identified Cleveland as a team that he knew really liked Matt Laporta. So. You know, there's a lot goes into it. There's a lot of people that you've surrounded yourself with to get information and have a process to evaluate it. But you no, know, there, there's points where you know you have to give up prospects to try to win. You know, the Brewers are an organization that um, you can't. We we would never been able to get into that top tier of free agents chasing free agents, and uh, trades were very important. And every organization has a certain window of opportunities to try to win. I think in 2008 it was so important. They hadn't won in 26 years, gone to postseason, and once we got to a five, once we got to 500, that was the first step. 
Uh, and then we wanted to build on that, and we felt it was important that if we could uh, get CC at that time, that he he might be able to help us go uh, to the playoffs, and uh, he certainly did that. He pitched well beyond what we even thought. But giving up players, uh, young players, you you have to do that sometimes to get the kind of players you want. And of course, it's the same with the Zach Brinke trade when we give up Kane Escobar and uh, Odorizzi and. Uh, those were talented players at that time, but we had to go and get pitching, and I think that's the that's the uh, the thing that you always have to have. Mark Athanasio said to me the other day, he said, you know, you're always worried about pitching. I said, Mark, I was a general manager for 20 years, and every year is the same thing. Do we have enough pitching? So, you know, getting Grinky, getting CC, we knew that we would have to give up prospects to get that kind of pitching talent. Yeah, really interesting stuff from former Brewers GM Doug Melvin. You can find the complete interview on the podcast page here at WTMJ.com. Subscribe to the Sports Central podcast and uh, check it out online. Really good stuff from the Brewers' former GM. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the program, get you set for Brewers baseball this week and weekend. That's right, Cactus League begins tomorrow. How's Craig Council going to separate his teams? We'll dive into it after this on WTMJ. Wrapping up Brewers Weekly on a Thursday night. About this time tomorrow, we'll be wrapping up Bucks basketball. That's right, the Bucks resume their season tomorrow night in Toronto against the Raptors. Our coverage begins at 6.10 with Buckshots from the Air Canada Centre. Brewers baseball on the air Saturday afternoon. They will have a couple of games tomorrow. Milwaukee kicking off the season at Maryvale Baseball Park against the Cubs. They will also have a team out in Scottsdale taking on the San Francisco Giants. For Craig Council... He is fired up, eager to get into these games after less than a week with the team together. You know, it's, the schedule's been a little different this year, but um, and, and we're starting out with a, you know, a lot of action. Um, but we're ready to get going. I think everybody's we got kind of finishing touches today. What we what we'd like to do with the position players, um, but it, it's you know you, you take it slow at first, and, and then we'll get into it as we go. For what it's worth, Aaron Wilkerson and Brett Suter are going to start each respective game and pitch about an inning on Suter, a really interesting guy here right i mean he settles into a nice role last year as a starter as a guy out of the pen very versatile craig council uh, appreciates the work that Suter has put in to be effective well I, th- I think this is where we we you know he doesn't look doesn't do it the same way everybody else does um and so it's not as obvious how it works to everybody uh, but i think if you see it enough, he, he does enough things that make the hitter uncomfortable that um, it ends up being, it leads to being effective. So he, he's got a unique way of making hitters feel uncomfortable. Yeah, certainly an option for Craig Council, either out of the pen or as a starter. Brent Suter will get an inning tomorrow. As for the depth of this roster, well, it's pretty extreme on the offensive side here. A lot of different options for Craig Council, and well, when you're splitting up your squad, you'll get to see a lot of those players in tow tomorrow. Ryan Braun going to take a day off. Um, I believe Lorenzo Cain is as well. Christian Yelich expected to play. But nonetheless, great to see all the depth here lining up for the Brewers. A lot of options. That's hopefully a sign that, that, that our talent is going up as well, um, is that we consider all these guys um, that we'd be comfortable with, all of them, in, in big roles. Um, so I, I do think that's a sign that, our, that we're getting, that we keep increasing our talent level um, and, and our position player group. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I like I consider the group the same way this year. It's you know I think there's there's guys that um, the versatility is important for the group. 
Um, and just the number of guys we feel comfortable with, you know, giving a lot of at-bats is, is, is a good feeling. And it all begins tomorrow, the Cactus League. Milwaukee Brewers with a pair of games, our first broadcast on Saturday afternoon. Just like that, baseball is here. Great stuff. We are out of time on tonight's program. I want to thank Lane Grindle for joining us a little earlier this evening. Also from earlier tonight, former GM Doug Melvin, our guest on Sports Central. Check out all the interviews on the podcast page, WTMJ.com. You can subscribe to the Sports Central podcast and get the latest every one of our programs. So check it out. Even ask Alexa. She'll help you out, lead you the way. Out of time on tonight's program. News is next on WTMJ.